Hello and welcome to another episode of The Clever Kids. This is a weekly pop culture podcast with three brothers. Take a look at a topic from popular culture that you may or may not care about. I, for- I forgot I took popular culture out of the beginning of that so that I would be less redundant. One of these days I'll actually learn the intro to this podcast that I wrote. Um, my name is Tyler. I'm the host. I'm joined as always by my co-host, Brian. Yo, yo, yo. What's up? And Jeffrey. How's everyone doing today? I'm doing all right. Uh, right off the top, I want to quickly say happy birthday to Brian. It's Dang. Brian's birthday today. Brian, how old are you? I am 25. And you look not one day over 30. Um, I am 30. I just said good, goodbye and sayonara to my 20s. That's correct. You did on today. Um, so, yeah. Happy birthday on uh, on on this day of your birth. I don't know where I was going with that, but that's how it came out. Um, this week, no surprise, we're going to be t- touching on uh, the uh, the newest Marvel movie to grace our screens. What number is this for Marvel movies this year? We had Shang Chi, Black Widow, Eternals. That's it. And then we have Spider-Man coming out in like two weeks. Is it? Uh, or in like a month, maybe. Yeah, it's like I the beginning was, of beginning of I December, was, I think. I thought it was December January. F- I think it's December 5th or 6th or something like that. Look it up. Um, not only that, though, we also had WandaVision, Loki, and Falcon and Winter Soldier. And I'm pretty sure all three of those came out this year, right? Then uh, Nobody Home comes out December 17th. So it's like a month. Okay, so yeah, either way, there's a lot of Marvel stuff going on this year that we've been talking about, um, which is honestly, it's fine, because last year we started this podcast and <laughs> literally had nothing to talk about for a couple months because no new movies were coming out, so there was really nothing uh, happening. Um, that being said, I think we can just get right into uh, the topic this week, right guys? Um this newest movie directed by Chloe Zhao. Um, she just won the Academy Award for Best Picture with the movie Nomad, Nomad Land, uh, starring Francis McDormand. I watched it. Um, it was an interesting movie. Uh, Francis, McDormand, Francis McDormand is always incredible, but what they did is what the the whole thing was that she she got non-trained actors like just like people who just normal people in the world to play roles in the movie and kind of just tell their story to Francis McDormand and um I wonder if part of her charm or like the thing that she works well in um with is is like pulling performances out of people who can't act because uh spoiler alert I didn't like this movie and I feel like she got a lot of people who I think can act to act really poorly for the for this whole movie um speaking of the cast though uh we had Gemma Chan Richard Madden who, who people may know as Rob Stark we had Angelina Jolie Salma Hayek Kumail Nanjiani Brian Tyree Henry Barry Keoghan or Coogan something um we had Ma Dong Suk uh Bill Skarsgård which some people may know as uh the clown Pennywise from It uh played the voice of Crow uh or Co no Crow um Lauren Ridloff Leah McHugh Kit Harrington uh I feel like there's another person I'm missing but 
I don't know how that can be possible. At any rate, huge, huge, huge cast, huge cast. Um, I kind of already said my little shtick. I don't really have a lot more to say about the movie um, before we get into spoilers, but I wanted to quickly uh, give you guys a chance to kind of give a non-spoiler review. Uh, Brian, do you want to say um, Sure, yeah. I think I'm probably going to be the most positive on this one. Um, so looking forward to that, although I have my fair share of criticisms. Um, I thought it was good overall. I thought, um, the storyline itself grabbed me. I thought it was pretty good. Um, although some of the execution was a little off, um, and there was definitely some stuff that, that almost felt, um, like there was no point in having it included. And I was kind of questioning that, that, you know, that decision, like whole characters even um, correct yeah and we'll get into that further but um you know from from that standpoint it didn't feel very uh like um I don't, I don't know efficient that in that way it felt like there was more that could have been accomplished if you know time wasn't spent on things that didn't advance the story or add add value but other than that i thought i thought it was pretty good overall i'd probably give it a seven out of ten um all right I mean that's decent. Uh, Jeff, what do you what do you got? Yeah, I mean I I would think I'd also give it like a seven out of ten. I didn't hate the film. I, I definitely think that there was some uh, room for improvement. Um, but overall, I, I enjoyed the concepts that they explored. I thought that the acting was fine. I think that you're. I, I didn't realize that you were going to go after the acting of the film, but because um, I didn't have an issue with any of the acting, but. Um, yeah, I mean the the fight scenes were enjoyable. The the humor was prevalent. You know, it's standard Marvel formula. I think they succeeded again. I don't think it's you know the greatest Marvel property ever. I wouldn't put it in the top ten. But you know, I I, I know that you guys both disliked the Ant Man franchise. I enjoyed the Ant Man franchise. It's probably not a movie that I would go out and watch again, but uh, I enjoyed it for the for the film for what it was. I'm sorry, this film or Ant Man? This film. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, comparing it to the Ant-Man movies, I mean, I thought the first Ant-Man was fine as a film. I think that the second one really just needed to introduce uh, the idea of the quantum realm just so that they could use it in uh, Endgame. And that's what the whole movie seemed to be setting up. It kind of felt soulless in a way that they were just like, oh, this is just going to introduce the next big thing that we need to introduce. So we just need to get it in there. Um, and to be honest, that's how I felt about this movie. I feel like the repercussions of this movie are going to be really big and widely felt throughout the the, MC, the greater MCU as it stands, right? But I, uh, I think that it just... I just it felt meandering it felt like there's a lot like a, a, like a serious lack of character motivation that I was able to grab onto um I I genuinely felt like um the acting from Richard Madden was really 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 wooden and like boring to watch for one of the characters that we spend the most time with and a character an actor who during the height of Game of Thrones, I would have told you was my favorite actor in the show. And I was really excited to see what he was going to do with his career after that show. And 
to be honest, now I understand why we haven't been seeing him that much. <laughs> because if this is what he's going to put out there, I'm kind of bummed out. Um, I, uh, yeah, man, I, I just felt like it was kind of a waste of a lot of really talented people. Also, why would they put Chloe Zhao in charge of introducing 10 new characters in an efficient way in this movie you know like I, she's not real. like yeah good for her for winning this academy award but she won that academy award while she was filming this film and before that she only had one other feature film under her belt and it was in chinese which is where she's she's from china you know it's not like she had like an extensive film catalog like even the Rus russo brothers had like a really strong catalog of TV shows like Community and Arrested Development and stuff like that, where they're managing a large num like cast of main players who have to all have equal screen time or at least enough screen time for their storylines to develop. And they had kind of proven that they were able to do that. Whereas I don't, I just don't see, I think Chloe Zhao is a really talented up and coming filmmaker. And I'm really excited to see like the stories that she tells further into her career. I just don't, I just don't understand why they would think that this massive of a film and like this massive of a team would be a good fit for her um and that's i just the whole time i was watching the movie i just i found it doesn't help that i was like pretty hungover i went to a wedding the night before and i was really tired uh, i'd only gotten like maybe four hours of sleep um but i uh maybe that really did color it but i just i don't know i've 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 watched a bunch of videos and it seems like a lot of the people on the internet that i i find myself relating to their opinions most often they also equally didn't like it so you know i'm not saying it's the worst movie i've ever seen but i will say that it is probably the worst marvel movie i've seen so um and the ant-man franchise i think is just uh kind of boring uh, or just kind of like meaningless like it doesn't really have any bearing on any of the wider uh, storylines i'm hoping that quantum mania with them actually using kang the conqueror they actually give ant-man some weight and some like you know i don't know forward movement with the series it just sort of feels like he's on the outside of things and it just i just don't i don't, I don't care to, about any of his storylines so that's my issue with ant-man are you guys ready to move into spoilers uh, yeah sure uh jeff did you did you have any like brian or how about this brian you said that you had some you definitely have some criticisms but you were probably the most positive so why don't we get some of your criticisms out there uh do, do we do a general overview of the movie or do we just go into criticisms i mean however you guys want to do it how do you want to play it you want to do you want to jump through and kind of go plot point by plot point or do you want to just start talking i mean anybody who's who's listening at this point has seen the film so i that's don't think fair. we need to go through plot that's... point by plot point we can kind of just point out some things that we bo were bothered by definitely fair um i'll just start with the character that i feel like shouldn't even have been in the movie um sorry real quick and i also want to say if you want to point out things that you like this doesn't have to only be negatives i'm definitely like i'm definitely a little okay. bit more negative I'll, but I'll i will positive. be pointing out things that i like as well i'll start so. positive um i really liked the general concept of of these guys being um experiencing human history i thought that was really cool and, and that that's probably why i'm looking at this through a, a different lens because that kind of stuff really sings to me like it's stuff that i'm really interested in i thought it was super cool to see them viewing the spanish inquisition and seeing 
you know, these great empires, like getting a cool like shot of Babylon was just cool. Like it was like cool to see it with like the blue walls and, and you know, how beautiful it was. And I was just like, man, like that is that is grand and epic and about everything I could have ever pictured, pictured Babylon being. Um, and it was just kind of fun to let your mind run wild back in through human history. And they, you know, and they're in Mesopotamia and I, I can't remember what other ones they went to before they got to Tenochtitlan or whatever. Yeah. Super cool. Uh, the Spanish Inquisition part, it was, it was almost bugging me that they didn't get more involved because I was like, oh my God, like I completely agreed with Druig's argument. Like, why aren't we doing more here? Like, this is ridiculous. Um, and it was driving me crazy because I was just like, dude, like I, it, it would give me more of that, I think, if they did get more involved. So I think from a personal standpoint, I was just really interested to see if anything like that happened. Um, but th that's a positive for me. I thought that that concept was really good. And I actually accepted their their explaining away why they didn't get involved in all the other conflicts that have come up in the in the movies. I thought it was fine. Nope. Like, <laughs> like, all right. Like for them Time to for say... For, nope. Time for me... me to jump in. I'm sorry. What? Okay, go. What do you got? So... The reason why I was okay with it is because it's like, what do you want? What would you prefer? Like, what other explanation can there be? Like, I, I haven't heard of something better. And therefore, that was one that I thought and chewed on and was like, you know what? I'll, I'll take that. I'll, I'll take that as something that, like, that wasn't their purpose. And therefore, you know, that um, that Celestial was just like, fuck it. Now, the only thing that kind of bothers me about it now that I think about it is they mentioned that Thanos' snap impacted the growth of future Celestials. So why wouldn't the Celestials want them to get involved and stop Thanos? That's exactly it. I mean, the, the problem comes in is that their whole thing is they're fighting the Deviants because the Deviants will prevent the human race from from po like populating the planet to a high enough, a high enough population size that the Celestial can be born. And if they know that Thanos is running around the the cosmos, with gathering the Infinity Stones, so he could snap out half of all life in existence, which is going to impact all of the planets that they're doing this on, which apparently is a lot. It's going to impact the emergence on of all of their planets. They should be c causing uh, the why, Eternals. Why not to... just send like an army of Eternals to go like take Fight. Thanos down real fast? It and seems like they could have impacted him quite a lot doesn't it? It seems like they really could have taken him out. Yes. Um, I'm going to look at it more. I'm, you're going to have to choose to look at it more from the side of the second part of that argument, which was, um, or the, the, the explanation that came later, which was uh, they didn't want them to get involved because it would hinder human progress. Now, and that's not just the Thanos thing. They didn't want to, to them to get involved in any affairs that were not deviant related because it would hinder human progress. Now, the Thanos one... Sure, I get where that was one that, like, if there's one that the Celestial should make an exception to, probably the Thanos thing. But, you know, like, how do you start to differentiate? How do you draw lines between what they can and what they can't? You either have to have a hard and fast rule, or the Celestials are going to have to deal with a more, a problem that requires them to be more hands-on because they're opening up subjectivity in the way the Eternals approach each situation. And instead, they had it where it was just very objective, which was, if it's not deviant based or caused, you do not get involved. That is your sole directive. Now I get I get what you're saying, and I agree with you. Where it's kind of tough pill to swallow because it doesn't make a lot of sense that they would let Thanos impact them that heavily. 
more than any Deviant ever could. But at the same time, I'm just going to choose to look at it as they had to draw a line somewhere, you know, that then they choose to draw it there. And that's it. Also, that's fine. doesn't help that Thanos was created by Jack Kirby. Uh, he's a and he's directly tied into the Eternals <clears throat> and the Deviant storyline. Thanos in the comics is born as the son of two Eternals and he's born with the Deviant Syndrome, which is why he looks the way he does. And he be and so Thanos is literally a Deviant. And in the comics, the Deviants aren't some weird race of I don't, rope monsters yeah yeah tentacle monsters i'm not really sure what the fuck they were in this but they're like literally like super strong super powerful like interstellar creatures that exist on multiple different planets and they do do war with the eternals but it's almost a commentary on like it's almost a commentary on race in and of itself i mean the eternals are always depicted as like these blonde haired gods and like the the eternals are kind of like orcs you know what i mean like i don't know i just feel like there was something more interesting that they could have done with the deviants and instead they were just like well we don't want to explain that thanos was a deviant so in our in this version thanos is just like a whole other thing but then at the end of the movie real quick spoiler to the end credit scene harry styles shows up and says i'm thanos's brother he's just dude. <laughs> he's an eternal <laughs> and it's like fuck you just you did it you did exactly that so are we gonna like reintroduce the deviants in a different way now why i don't understand why does it matter that thanos was born with a different shade of flu? we have no idea about eros and thanos's parents or any reason to expect that one of them wasn't but they just the introduced one. but they just introduced eros okay. as harry styles and he sure. looks nothing like thanos sure. they're gonna have to explain different, that discrepancy different mothers easily. different fathers there's a million different explanations purple jaundice Okay. Purple jaundice. jaundice. Done. Done. Yeah. I accept right. it. Right. I just, I don't, I think that that's a, a lame way to explain it. It's like hand wavy. You know what I mean? And I just don't think like the hand waving, like don't think about it. Shit works when you're watching a movie like, um, looper when they're like, <laughs> how does time travel work? And he's like, just don't think about it. It'll just make your head. Hurt okay. Or whatever. I'm, I'm going like, to okay, jump I in like here. That. No, I'm going to jump in here and say, uh, fucking bullshit. You don't get to just choose when hand-waving works versus when it doesn't. You either yes, want you do. logical yep, consistency. It, no, 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 no. The hand-waving works when it's like a one-shot movie, and they're like, look, we're not going to get into the overarching narrative. But when you have this expansive <laughs> of a connected mythology, I think that you have to explain it a little bit more. I'm going to push back on that. Looper's entire foundation was based on time travel. You're going to turn around and say, yeah, we're not going to explain the core of this movie or how anything works. We're just going to explain. They're going to take a 30-minute time to explain to you how they built this box and like created that in the middle of this two-hour movie. I don't, I don't care about the creation of the box. I want to understand how that box affects time travel, how the fuck their, their time travel works. Oh, wait, it doesn't. So No time travel movie has ever explained how time travel works. It's not like the time turner was like, okay, this is how we made it change. Uh, time. Hold on. It took me about two seconds to think of one that does. Okay. The doc uses the flux capacitor. <laughs> and how with, does that work? With uranium. And how does he, that work? That he steals from the terrorists who come and shoot But him. how does it I'm work? not He puts the uranium the into mechanics. the flux capacitor that he thought <laughs> of when it? he slipped in the shower. I'm, he puts trash into the flux capacitor. I'm not uh, talking uranium about... Uranium powers the uh, flux capacitor. Right, exactly. That's what I was trying to say. I'm and not talking about mechanics. You figure that out mechanics. while slipping on the toilet or whatever. I'm not talking so, about it's, mechanics. It's that I'm, easy. 
I'm talking about the effect of time travel, how it works. When, when someone goes back in time or goes forward in time and does something or does something, there's closed loop theory. There's all kinds of different theories as far as how time travel is supposed to work and what effect it has on the Looper on the is completely based on the closed loop theory. That's not the part they hand wave. The, the part they hand wave is the mechanics of the time travel. And in this, they hand wave the mechanics of why the fuck the Eternals didn't get involved when there was a world ending event that would directly impede their sole directive. Like I, it didn't, it didn't explain it well enough. I'm sorry. And that, that's one of the smaller qualms I have with this movie. So we can actually move on. I just wanted to quickly point out that I didn't like that. Look, if they got involved, there'd be such a big world war that it would send us back to swords and shields and no one wants to see kid harrington and richard madden in a show with swords and shields anymore we're over that we tried that <laughs> so, and it didn't go well and on that note jeff do you want to explain what uh, kit harrington's character is in the comics <laughs> uh yeah so his name is uh dane whitman dane whitman yep and he is a character in the Marvel comics known as the Black Knight. He is a uh, basically literally a, a knight in modern times riding around on a horse with a sword uh, and a suit of armor and a suit of yeah and uh, <laughs> like a magic suit of armor. Yeah, and a magic sword. Yep, and and they 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 show it in the in the uh, post credit scene. Yep. And they, so the sword that he wields is known as the uh, Ebony Blade, and it can only be wielded by the Impure of Heart. Yes, that's correct. Um, so anyway, Brian, you were saying that no one wants to see him so most a people, sword. So <laughs> most people can use that sword? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, only bad people, I guess. Like yeah, it sounds, sounds like the opposite of Thor's hammer. Yep. Yep. In which case, most people can probably just swing the thing around, no problem. Well, it's not yeah, necessarily... That's a, weird, that's a weird qualifier. It's it's not like impure, meaning like, oh, this person's imperfect. It means like this person's like corrupt. Like it's it's like, can only be wielded by like anti-heroes. To be, to be honest, Brian, he's one of the more minor Marvel characters. And they, for some reason, are bringing... They like cast <laughs> Kit Harrington as him, which doesn't make sense to me. And like, he's never been like a big deal um i don't i honestly didn't really know who the character was i think i'd seen him in like some avenger stuff a long time ago and just never really paid attention to him um and then all of a sudden i heard kit harrington was cast as dane whitman aka the black knight and was like wait what now we're gonna have to like pay attention to the black knight and all of a sudden marvel just started putting the black knight in a bunch of comics like as if he's like super important all of a sudden and it's like wait what the fuck are you guys doing why are you trying to like it's like don't make fetch ha don't stop, stop trying to make, make fetch, fetch a, thing. a thing yeah yeah exactly it's like what are we doing like we're just gonna make the black knight just like an important character in marvel comics for some reason i don't understand look i i think that the mcu is building towards something Right. Obviously, I, I sure. think it's going to play. Gonna, Wait, uh, what, what makes you think they have? I think they have radical more hot superhero take. movies planned. Radical hot take. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. My point is, yeah, I have faith true. that whatever that that they didn't just fucking draw names out of a motherfucking hat and say, let's make movies about these characters. Like, I, there's no way that Kevin Feige in here didn't have some kind of greater plan and say, OK, let's let's add the Black Knight in this way. Let's do the, like I, I have faith that there is a greater plan in that. 
it'll come to fruition. And until that climax blows, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch all the films. Speaking of climax that blow, uh, this movie. Let's get back to this movie. <laughs> Sounds like you got to stop watching films, Joe. Yeah. yeah um, all right, Brian. So you had mentioned uh, there are characters that could be removed from this film and like the plot would be the same let's talk about some of the characters in this movie sprite Who were you specifically yeah <laughs> sprite i don't like i can't think of one thing that sprite added i mean like there's scenes where sprite gets involved in the combat but all sprite does is create a bunch of duplicates to confuse the opposition also her power set or their power set i don't know were they non-binary they said it was her. kind of hard to tell i think they said her a couple I think, times i think it was a her um she her power set was quite possibly the weakest power set in the entire movie she could create illusions that as soon as you touched them they fell apart like they weren't even tangible and it's like what is your actual ability like at one point a deviant was attacking her in the forest and she put up like a, 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 a an illusion of a wall and the deviant just swiped at it and it disappeared and, it, and then it just cut to a different scene where richard madden Icarus shows up and punches it in the face and saves her. And it was like, what the fuck? Like, how is she an eternal? Like, what benefit does she provide? Is she just there for mythologizing throughout time? Like, that's her whole point. Like, Which they could have easily absorbed with another character. That could have been um, uh, Kingo's character easily. Like, he was all that into that shit anyway. could have been Barry Keoghan's character, uh, Druig because sure he he could already control their minds maybe he could project images into their heads or something i, I gotta you know say I mean? with as like, much as i'm saying sprite was a totally worthless character i really like druig and that actor i think he's really talented and i found druig to be fascinating the whole time i was i was yeah, very much enjoying Druig. me too so i don't know if you guys remember where we saw him recently this year he's in green knight that's right and i said that he has the face of a villain he's been cursed with the face of a yeah villain. he comes off evil the whole time but his he character is just very evil engaging to me yeah <laughs> i i've always really liked him too he's in the movie called the killing of a sacred deer a couple years ago by yorgos lanthimos i think the the director's name is um really weird director who colin farrell and him work together a lot to make really fucked up movies but anyway he was in that and i was like whoa this kid is crazy good at acting and yeah. he's tripping me out and then he shows up in a few other things in the last few years he was in dunkirk as the boy who dies on the boat spoilers <laughs> um does he just like fall and like hit his head he, really hard or oh fucking killian murphy pushes him and he, he yeah shoves him because he doesn't want to go back Fuck. to pick up more people on the beach that that shit was fucked up but he's good know. in that movie um He's just, I think he's a really good actor. And this year, specifically seeing him in the Green Knight and like the di the diversity between those two roles, like the difference between the two roles that he played this year, um, is just like it's, yeah, it's, it's funny. such a like such a big difference. Yeah, it's funny because we just all talked about Dune, and and you had said that what's his face is like the next Leo DiCaprio, and he's going to be the next big thing, and the young guy from that movie. What's his what's his face? Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet, and I was I was watching this movie, and I thought I wasn't that impressed by Chalamet, but this guy Keoghan's got it, dude. He's he's he pops, man. He, he every scene he was in, he was kind of stealing the show. I thought. Yeah, I I liked him quite a lot too. I he was probably my favorite part of the movie, but I also feel like his character like 
could have easily been written out of the movie and it wouldn't have changed much of the movie. Like well, the only they, reason what, he was yeah. in there just because he was a scene stealer and one of my favorite parts of the movie, like his character was almost unnecessary. Like they only had him in there for the misdirect of the plan so that it could fail so that Gemma Chan's character, Cersei could accomplish the plan again. Yes. But I know? think the problem or the thing that I don't have a problem with there or the reason why I don't have a problem with this character being in the movie is because his character was like, capable of more like sprite i just felt like what are you gonna do like you're just this like physically not imposing or like not relevant like power wise not relevant like plot line not relevant like just it was just super absolutely bizarre. pointless quick yeah, tangent. super bizarre quick tangent here we just brought up dune we just brought up to chalamet we know that that dune 2 is about to start filming um or, or it's going to start filming next year or got the approval. You How know, would you guys feel now. if Barry Keoghan got cast as the uh, villain, Fade, Fade Harkonnen? Fade, Fade, yeah, that I've been reading that that's that's the that's the rumor that he is in talks to be that, and I was like, yeah, I hope I hope that happens. That'd be the <laughs> uh, really... the definitive uh, ju- judgment between those two. Who's going to be the next so the Leo? Reason I think Battle it out, boys. Chalamet is the next Leo is because he's like the young hot boy who's kind of emo, like darker side or whatever. And I do think that he has greatness in him. I just don't think that Denny Villeneuve pulled anything interesting out of him in that movie. I just saw um, a trailer for him in something else and he looks like he's not going to make a single facial expression in the whole movie. Just based on the trailer. <laughs> I saw his face like five times what in the trailer it? and I was like, oh, I... <laughs> You literally could have taken the same still frame of him and just kept pasting it into the film. He's, Is it that Don't Look Up movie where he's in it with Leo and Jennifer Lawrence? I don't know. I just saw his face on the screen and was like, oh, Did I'm glad this is on mute. Um, oh, man, you really hate him. Yeah. I, you no, I don't hate him. Women. I don't hate him. I'm sorry. I'm getting really overly negative because it's funny, but I don't hate him. I just I have yet he, to see his range. He's just reminding watch, me of a, a male Kristen Stewart right now. Go watch Little Women. Um, cause he was really good in that. Um, go watch call me by your name, a movie. I know you'll probably never watch. Uh, that's the one where he's like a little boy who fucks army hammer. I don't know. It's really weird now that army hammer what? is like a, a cannibal or something who like was also like child grooming, uh, allegedly. Um, yeah, it's a whole other thing we could talk about another time. Um, Anyway, Barry Barry Keoghan or Keoghan or whatever, sorry, he's Irish and they all have impossible names to pronounce. Uh, really, really talented. Easily stole the show, show for me. Um, biggest surprise of the movie because I genuinely, I think I've mentioned multiple times in the last year on the run-up to this movie that he was definitely going to be the villain. And for him to not be the villain, I was so surprised. Um, let's talk about some of the other oh real quick sprite i thought that actress did a good job but yeah the character was 100 percent pointless jeff yeah, how do you feel about fine. that yeah this is nothing on the actresses i mean i so for me personally i i think the, the most riveting aspect of this film was their um <laughs> i really thought you were gonna say it was sprite no <laughs> I was gonna, jeff what are you yeah, talking sprite about sprite killed no. it uh <laughs> no. she's definitely i couldn't take my eyes off her <laughs> Her, her character development throughout the like, film. I think, I, the, for me, the parts that I enjoyed in this film the most were the, the, the scenes that took place in the past. Like the the moment when uh, Barry Keoghan takes place, uh, takes possession of the entire crowd and marches out and is just like, fuck this, I'm choosing the humans. Um, 
uh, all of their time when they're you know fighting at the gates of Babylon. Like all of those moments were personally my favorite, and I wish that more of this film had been dedicated towards the past and we had seen more of their evolution because we spent about twenty minutes with the characters, maybe five minutes total with them uh, in the past, and yet the whole their whole time together they spent like seven thousand years together, and we just don't really see that relationship. We spent so much so much of this tell, film like a heist film getting the band back together. Um, Son of a bitch. And, I'm in. <laughs> and uh, it just doesn't, uh, it didn't, it didn't quite land for me that, that that much of that film was allocated for there. That's my main criticism of the film. And I wish that we had spent more time with them together and that they had a more. They spent so much time apart that none of the characters got character development. I mean, they Two introduced yeah. the first deaf. Sorry, what, Jeff? Or what, Brian? No, I, go ahead. I'm taking it in a different direction. Go ahead. They introduce the first deaf superhero in this movie and give us absolutely no time with her. Like, none at all. They introduce her, like, two hours into the film. <laughs> like, when once everybody else has got back together, they dig the ship out of the dirt and she's just in there reading a book. What the fuck? How long has she been under there? They, they're like, had to pull that out of the desert in Iraq. Like, how long has it been under there? A couple hundred years? She's just been under there alone? She must have had a way in because she collected a bunch of shit. They step on a bag of chips on their way in. But it was all ancient shit. Oh, yeah, she did have chips. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, she must have had a way in. She definitely had a way in. Um, So, so yeah. Anyway, I feel like this movie suffered by failing the characters. And I bet you there's like a six-hour cut of this movie somewhere, straight-up Snyder cut style, because... Fucking Chloe Zhao, the director, has been dropping mad hints that she basically based all of this movie on Zack Snyder, his DC films. She's just been like, I love Zack Snyder. I think like what he was doing with DC was so interesting. I basically based Icarus off of his version of Superman and all of this shit. And I'm like, oh my God, there's a Snyder cut of it. Like, Unleash the Chloe Zhao cut is going to fucking come out now maybe job cut man so so yeah back to sprite though since that is you guys main criticism um i agree that that character wasn't as uh important as the rest of the cast and that it probably wasn't used to its fullest efficiency and that the power set that they gave the character was underwhelming that being said i think that the, the actress and and the moments that she had were potent you know she had a lot of uh uh struggles with being this immortally ancient child that is stuck in this form that she can't ever get past. She can't enjoy life because she's stuck agelessly as a like 13 year old girl. And, uh, isn't Speaking able to of that. They straight up take a, a plot point from Tomorrowland. Did you guys ever see that movie with George Clooney? Yeah. Anyone? Uh, yes, that? I've seen that. Do you remember that he was in love with like a little girl robot? Like yeah. he was like, and as an adult, even he still there, there was some like weird romance like scenes with them. Like they didn't kiss or fuck or anything like that. But like they were making George Clooney like act like he was still in love with this little girl. And it was like really fucking weird. They kind of pull that in this movie where like the little girl is obsessed with Richard Madden and is like she's like so in love with him that she follows him to the end of the world. And like in theory there's no reason that they couldn't be together because they both are aware that they're the same age and the only reason that they 
wouldn't be able to be together is because the optics of it would look weird because she looks like a child because her right. body never changes. But in like mentally, they're a, they're a higher evolved being, so they could be together. But hold on, they so, would never so do points. that in this movie, and none of us want that. And Correct. they shouldn't have just they just fucking shouldn't have done that. Like, don't make her in love with him. It was stupid. I, I, I don't know. Make her I, view I didn't... him as like a bigger brother figure rather than like a love interest. It's so weird. I don't know. I didn't gotcha. hate it. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Um, obviously, there's reasons why they wouldn't because Richard Madden's character was deeply in love with uh, Cersei and that has massive ramifications for the rest of the film. But I do want to bring out the other connection to Tomorrowland that I saw. The reason why I dislike Tomorrowland is because the protagonists got some kind of superpower that she could just look at something and fucking understand how it's supposed to work. And that was stupid as shit. And yet that is one of the superpowers in this film. They have, uh, I don't remember the guy's name because he's on the film for fucking 30 seconds, but um, the, the, the tech. Uh, Festus. Immortal Festus. Um, Brian Tyree Henry, another one of the, like one of the best up and coming actors in Hollywood right yeah, now. He's talented too. Super underused. So underused. And, and his he's power- the first gay character gay superhero character ever shown on film and we give him 10 minutes and don't give him anything to do i mean this guy is in atlanta one of the highest rated comedy tv shows to come out in the last five years and you just waste him like that and he is so talented he's so funny in atlanta and just such a good actor and like i just feel like hollywood is failing this man left and right like they give him two minutes in joker they give him the whole movie to act insane in that Godzilla movie we watched earlier this year, which honestly he was the best part of the movie, but it was just ridiculous. And then you give him this role where you barely use him. I just, what, how frustrating. Sorry, Jeff, go ahead. What, you, he was the worst character in your mind. No, I didn't. I, did, I disliked his power. I, I thought that his power, he just like gets this technology he's never fucking seen before. And he just spends 30 seconds just waving his hands around and suddenly he's got a thing and it's like, uh, that's fucking stupid, but sure. I did like the part when he was fighting Icarus. I did. End. I and did the enjoy way his that comments. he's like throwing out all of the like the balls, and they're like changing into different things, and they turn into handcuffs and like latch him to the ground and shit. I was like, this his, is fucking. This looks sick. His his yeah. They. I mean, Marvel delivered on a phenomenal action sequence again. Oh, but there's no definitely surprise will give them props. One of the best action set pieces I've seen in a Marvel movie. Brian. It looked really cool when the speedster was fighting icarus i yeah. really loved that i was like damn if the flash can pull some of this shit off i'll be really happy right i feel Sorry. like we've skipped over you a couple of times do you have some that's, stuff you want to get through that's okay and i mean to be to be honest with you something just clicked for me that i feel like they they're what they really suffered from is having too many people on this team yep that's what i said right at the top okay. 10 people chloe Zhao. like how the it's fuck wh- like she had such a herculean effort to just uh, like you could literally cons- you can cut it in half by just like combining two characters into one you know like over and over again like to be honest with you Thena's storyline was pointless too like what did <laughs> she add crazy to the movie that we've been recording for 30 minutes and we haven't mentioned that angelina jolie is in this yeah fucking what did movie. what did she add to the movie she had her little thing going on but no, like, she, like at the so... end she was like i've always wanted to fight you to icarus and i'm like you have like you guys have never even talked to each other from what i've seen like <laughs> 
in 7,000 years, you've never had a conversation that I'm aware of. Like, I actually didn't even know if you knew each other. I exactly. Maybe they just hadn't introduced each yeah. other. Oh, hey, yeah. I'm, I'm Dina, by the way. Like, it's that thing where hilarious. you're like at a party and you just haven't introduced yourself and then yeah. it gets awkward. So you just are waiting for someone else for to 7, do it. And they just have been doing it for Yeah, 7, but like if you, if, if you got your, your main character chick, like why couldn't Thena be – like combined into that character and you just make that because you could have had both storylines with her character where she's dealing with her like losing her mind but she's also dealing with like being in a leadership position that they don't understand why she was picked like it would have been way more intriguing if you just crunched that down and then you'd have had more screen time to develop that and like you know i i feel like i could just find a couple of characters and, and crunch them together like that but the other thing i was going to say is there was way too much like love interest storylines going on that just did not seem like it was adding anything either. Now I I'm a why was Kit Harrington even in this movie? Yeah, Kit Harrington like, he, he added didn't nothing. serve any purpose. Kit he Harrington was in it for the nothing. first five minutes, and the, then he called her, and she ignored his call. Druig, and that was it. That was his whole role. Druig in the the deaf superhero. Like, it didn't seem like they had any love interest going on. And then all of a sudden, in the last scene of the movie, they're all getting all up close and personal. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, they they had were like a bit three... romantic when they first introduced her. Yeah, yeah, they had, like, three different scenes where they it, interacted. I would have been and... fine with it if I'd seen more, though, because it kind of, like, surprised me. At the end. I kind of forgot that they were even a thing. Athena uh, and Gilgamesh, I don't even know if they were a thing. I'm not even really clear on that. Or were they just really close friends? I think really that maybe friends? they were just close friends because they were both the more, like, the, the more, like, warry, warlike. Okay. The... When we were driving home, we were both under the impression that they were like in love with each other but it just didn't show him kiss or something like i mean they lived together for what, long enough and what, then, wouldn't you try to hit it what it Dina, angelina i mean jolie? Yeah. <laughs> angelina, angelina jolie had a line where she talked about uh why she asked gilgamesh why he had protected her all these years and he said you know because uh, i love her when you love someone you yeah. stay or something like that you can so what does that friends. mean though you can love your friend yeah sure it like, doesn't tell us anything so like to me it was like okay so is that one one and then the sprite one that we've already talked about, it was just like there that felt so unnecessary and weird. Like I was it made me so uncomfortable. I was like, why would they do this? Yeah, it, and another thing, um, to backpedal a little bit, Druig um in the Spanish Inquisition or whatever says, F this, you're gonna have to kill me to stop me. He goes down and like possesses the minds of all these people, and I thought, Oh man, they're gonna like skip ahead a couple of hundred years and this dude's gonna be like an emperor somewhere. And instead he went to some random little village. And like, just like lived in like this like remote peace. No, he created the village in the middle of the Amazon rainforest. Is that what it was? And as far as I can tell, the people who lived there with him were like under his, like he was kind of keeping them there. It was kind of weird. That's what I yeah. got. The vibe was that he was kind of keeping them there and not letting them rejoin the world because he's like, no, I'm keeping. I'm them protecting safe. you. I'm protecting you. Yeah, yeah, I'm protecting them. Like again. there was that was interesting, and I felt like you could have done so much more with that if he had had more screen time. Like you could have. You could have done anything from the moment that he walked away with that whole crowd and like stopped the Spanish from killing the Aztecs or whatever. I was just like, oh man, that's going to be interesting. And then like we didn't get much with that. And I thought, man, that was a huge missed opportunity to like not develop that more because his power is really, really, really intriguing. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah Angelina Jolie was in this movie um, as Athena, who's losing her mind. Because she's been alive for 7,000. They have the mad weary as some sort of disease that they have a word for, even though none of them have ever uh, experienced it, which was strange. Um, and they, uh, it's, the, the explanation is that they live so long that their brain can't actually hold on to all of the memories that they, that they have to. But what really is happening is that she 
when she was reset because they're all some sort of weird humanoid cyborgs, uh, space cyborgs that they, uh, something went wrong with when her brain got reset and she's remembering the last planet that they destroyed. She was struggling under the, like the weight of all her memories is what they said. Um, yeah, that was interesting. I thought that was a pretty interesting concept, but you could have made that, given that to a different character. Angelina Jolie is a thing. really talented actress, and I feel like she could have done something with that character trait, and maybe she did, and it just ended up on the cutting room floor because this movie clearly is six hours long, and they cut it down to three. Um, but she, uh, they really just, they kind of just have her do that at really weird inopportune times so that they can overcomplicate the action scenes where now people have to fight her instead of fighting the bad guys um yeah selma hayek's in this movie guys we didn't even mention her (laughs) we haven't even mentioned kumail anjiani yet either and he's like one of my favorite actors yeah he was funny he's so funny but wait let's talk let's quickly talk about uh selma hayek I don't have what much. What the to, fuck? She was in the movie for. She had four lines. Yeah, I don't she, have much. The first to say. time we find we see her, she she's dead. I was like, wait, what? I, I was like, not I was. It's funny because the way it's shot, it's like she's horizontal across the screen, and I was like trying to turn my head. I was like, whose body is that? Do I know this person? Is this significant? And then they're you like, can't tell. Yeah, I couldn't even tell it was her. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, Jack. And I was like, what? You just killed Selma Hayek? Well, that was bizarre. Like we barely got any time with her. She doesn't show up until like close to the end of the movie and when she, it finally reveals Icarus. She features betrayal. really prominently in the trailer too, so All I was just kind of like, eh, "I'm kind of confused." Um, yeah, there was a uh, continuity error, I guess you'd call it, or just a mistake, I think, um, that I wanted to run by you guys to see if I'm right about this. The main character girl that becomes the leader—I can't remember her name. Cersei. Cersei. Um, mentions that she and Richard Madden dated for 5,000 years, right? But they land in ancient Mesopotamia in 2500 BC. And it was 5,000 BC. No, it said 25 something something BC. And then they don't start dating. They don't, it doesn't show that him confesses love to her even until 500 BC in Babylon is when he like, as it says, I'm going to tell her how I feel about her, blah, blah, blah. So that would have been, even if they dated into modern day, 2,500 years. But we also know that he left her behind for centuries. So I was like, okay, so they dated for 2,000 years? A century. It was, it was a century. That okay. So, so they dated for a little over t- like 2,000 years, but she said it was 5,000. So I'm like, I, it was just kind of a weird continuity error that I thought like it was an easy, easy one to not fuck up and they still fucked the, the up. The math in the years got complicated because when the last time that – he spoke to um yeah i don't i don't really get it because he tells ajak i think that they were together for seven thousand years but then a century passed i mean i guess a century is a blip in time if you've been around for a couple thousand years i don't really know the math got really messed up there i didn't i didn't really follow it i didn't care that much um yeah, I did, let's talk about some of the decisions because we didn't really talk about Camilo Angiani, but he makes a really his character makes a really interesting decision in this movie that I still am having trouble wrapping my head around. Which so, one is that? The fact that when so the crux of the film, the climax, Richard Madden basically reveals his betrayal and tells them, "If you try to stop this celestial from being born, I'll kill all of you." And then he and Sprite go off to somewhere i don't know doesn't really explain where to go, they go watch but the they birth. go somewhere 
yeah, they went somewhere. Then the rest of the team is like, nah, fuck it. We're going to do it. Fastos creates the Unimind, which is just a, a thing from the comics that they are always been able to do. So I don't know why they had to create some sort of contrivance for them to do it. Um, a bit silly there, but um, whatever. They do it. Uh, and then they all go. But then Kumail Nanjiani's Kingo who has a human counterpart in this movie. He has like a little chauffeur that is around him. Uh, loved that guy. Very funny that they kept breaking he his cameras awesome. and he just kept pulling different cameras yeah. out. It's just smaller, <laughs> shittier cameras. <laughs> it got me every time. Always I be prepared. It, yeah. Every time it showed him just with a different camera, I just, I laughed out loud. It was so funny. Yeah. Um, very funny guy. Liked him a lot. Uh, Kumail, obviously, I've, I've just always thought he was really funny from his stand-up, from Silicon Valley, everything he's done. Even that movie, Stuber, terrible movie. He's great in it. Um, he His character decides that he actually agrees with Icarus, but he's not willing to fight his friends over their disagreement. He just says, if you guys stop them, I won't hate you. And if, But I, I actually think that we shouldn't stop the Celestial from being born. I don't want to make that decision. So he just straight up, sits out the third act of this film he just disappears he doesn't even show up at the end and like join the unimind he's just not there and then after they stop the celestial from being born he's helping them move like helping wait he wasn't a part of the really... unimind at the end no no he was not on it... the, at the place isn't he? He was just yeah to... he never came back for the fight scene or anything i was like what the fuck I guess I kind of respect them for doing that because that's like a really interesting character choice for someone who's like one of the main five characters that we actually get to spend time with in this movie. But I just, I still can't believe that they would do that. Okay, was he like, was kind wow, of an interesting character. Weird. He had kind of an interesting development from, um, from the, in between the modern day and the flashbacks. I'd made a note the other day that, um, in the modern day, he can't shut up. He's just like, he's like the comedic relief and he's just super funny. And he just, I thought about this today. Like too. he would not stop talking, which was fine. I mean, that's not a complaint, but then no, like every it. time there was a flashback, he was just a character standing in the background. He wasn't talking at all. And I thought, so is the message there that he has developed over time and come out of his shell and found out that he's so much more than just a, a pawn or like what's going on there? Because it's like to like two totally different characters. Like he doesn't say a freaking word in any of the flashbacks, which are pretty significantly, um, you know, shown throughout the film. So it's just kind of yeah, it was just kind of weird to only, see him. The flashbacks really are only about uh, Circe and Icarus. They're like the only ones that really show up in the flashbacks. Yeah, right. I mean, you get Ajax, you get you get um, uh, Eric Kierkegaard's character, but. Um, but definitely none of the other auxiliary characters really feature heavily. What bothered so me? Do you... Oh, good. As I say, one of the things that bothered me is like the power sets are so vastly different, and yet they kind of infer that everyone that isn't Richard Madden or or more of the combat enabled characters um, have just normal human resistances. Um, they're 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 yeah, like if you shot them, they would die. Right, <laughs> and yet. Druid gets fucking laser beamed like a couple dozen feet into the Earth's crust. I got the impression that he got sent down into like the core of the he got, planet. He got pretty fucking far down there. 
and he was up and walking and within like 20 minutes or so of, of hitting people time. with rocks and, and then he hits sprite <laughs> with a rock and she's fucking out cold so like are these people why why not like mind control her or something why hit her with a rock <laughs> i think you would have hit her with a rock too given the way you're speaking about her, so uh, oh man i thought that was so silly uh, but that was so funny but my point is like if so <laughs> so if he can withstand the lightning or laser bolts and uh still be fine meaning he has got some kind of abnormal human uh or some kind of superhuman resistance and yet sprite can't take a sharp rock to the back of the head yeah i don't know man i didn't i, I just felt like i don't know I, I just felt like this movie was a mess maybe i'll watch it again and like it more but man i really was like i do not like i'm not liking it at all um who else did they waste in this <laughs> uh we were talking about kit harrington um i don't know how do you guys feel like this is going to sort of what effects do you think this will have going forward on the mcu i can Jeff? yeah so i touched on this with tyler a little bit um before the podcast but for those of you that don't know um i'll just give a brief as much as i can uh backstory uh the infinity wars in the comics doesn't take place or or happen the way that it does in the films uh in the films uh, there is a character that was prominent at the time his name was uh adam warlock and he on the team with like i think four or five other people no four of the people found out uh, about the infinity stones at the end of uh the infinity gauntlet and were created a team to protect it and they called themselves the Infinity Watch. And the members of that team consisted of Adam Warlock as the leader, Gamora as the daughter of Thanos, uh, um, Moondragon as I think Adam Warlock's lover, and she was uh, a psychic, she's this like tall, bald woman, uh, Pip the Troll, and Drax the Destroyer, each of them holding one of the five Infinity Stones um, typically uh, emblazoned somewhere on the or uh, uh, held somewhere on their body. So Adam Warlock had the Soul Stone implanted in his forehead, very much like the way that Vision has had the or had the Mind Stone implanted in his forehead. Um, and now in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we have seen Gamora, we have seen Drax um, at the end of this film with Star Fox. Uh, we see the introduction of Pip the Troll. Uh, we have heard that Adam Warlock has been casted. We haven't sure to what end uh, or in what property he's going to appear first. Um, so, Jeff, all this to say, what? What are you saying? I think you Infinity think Watch is coming. Inf I think Infinity Watch is coming. And what's the overarching narrative that the Infinity Watch does? Is it their whole thing that they just protect the Infinity Stones from Thanos and then they fail and no. Thanos gets them anyway? No. So what they introduce in the Infinity War, so the first book is called Infinity Gauntlet. That's what they've, that's kind of what they interpreted for film. The Infinity War is about how there's an entire negative universe with a negative Adam Warlock, a negative evil Thanos, and uh, a whole negative side to this thing. And they all come and, and start trying to steal the, the uh, um, uh, Infinity Stones, and they succeed. And good Ar Arthanos, who has now uh, become good, helps defeat them. And then the third book is called The Infinity Crusade, in which 
there is now a, a, a um, ultra good side to counteract the ultra evil side that actually ends up becoming like this crazy religious zealot that ends up trying to like end the uh, universe and everyone comes together. All of the, the Marvel properties come together to defeat that one. Um, that one's probably the most closest to what we see the Infinity Wars uh, movie end up being with all of the Captain America and all them being there. They're not actually there in Infinity Gauntlet or Infinity War. Um, they're, they're more like the Infinity Crusade. I'm not saying that these books should be adapted for film. Uh, they obviously are uh, a, a LSD fever dream from the, the dark days of Marvel, but... Uh, I so I, badly don't want any of that to happen ever. Sure, um, I agree. Let's, but I Infinity Watch is fucking coming. I think that the Celestials are going to have a way bigger play than anything that you just said. Um, I don't think Thanos is coming back. I don't think the Infinity Stone... It would be foolish of them to make the whole Marvel universe just only about the Infinity Stones for the movies. Like, I'm, I'm done with the Infinity Stones thing. I think we got enough of that. Brian, do you agree with that part? Yeah, I don't think you can make a joke about them being used as a paperweight and then try to bring them back as this really significant weapon again. Boom. Yeah, bingo. I totally forgot about that. But yeah, they've already kind of made a joke about how they're over it, basically. They're like, ah, oh, these are done now. Um, I think that... I mean, I, don't, I just feel like the, mo the universe now feels like almost like it's being pulled in too many directions. I mean, we have the time travel sh or the the multiverse shit over with Doctor Strange and Spider-Man and Loki. Now we got this like celestial threat coming. Like, I just uh, like what the f like, I don't King know. King the Conqueror. Know. Yeah. Yeah. That's the. Yeah. Exactly. Sorry. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, you're good. I just I don't like I, it just sort of feels like a lot man like it's it seems like yeah a but lot and they've killed it so far so you got to just trust them to finish it up or yeah. to keep it going or whatever but I, I say we end it there i think that's it's gonna be uh a lot, a like, lot but we just might as well just try to enjoy the ride I just right? really quickly want to mention the fact that <laughs> richard madden flies his character into the sun at the end of this what the movie. fuck what the? <laughs> so i was like wow stupid. what the that was a that seemed like an overreaction sort of i don't really understand what that was about but yeah. okay um that was crazy that was weird <laughs> yeah he just kills himself for no reason all right so anyway <laughs> well i think i think the last ramification that this film might have on the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe is we know that the Fantastic Four are being introduced. We now have giant planet-esque type beings. I, I, I that think that they just introduced Galactus I, as a I think celestial. That, I think that that's what they're going to do. I think that's what it makes the most sense for the narrative that they've driven. I think that Galactus is going to be introduced as an evil celestial. Um, and you're going to have like a celestial type war and you're going to have Galactus be a phase I don't know, five threat to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And hopefully, I'd honestly be okay with that being the end of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, with them not carrying properties past that. Like, this this does have to end at some point, and I'd prefer it end on a good note. Uh, and I think that yeah. Galactus being a kind of an ultimate end to it all and, you know, restoring peace and letting everyone kind of go at that point would be my preference. Yeah, I think it would be cool if they chose to end it rather than being forced to because they've released 10 terrible movies or something like that. Honestly, if they could just... Or even if they just, like they toned it down for a while you know what i mean just do one movie every couple of years or those limited series like yeah or like do a couple limited series every now and then or something like that throw out a miles morales sequel where miles morales is spider-man and like just let him kind of have a couple movies here and there or whatever and like yeah 
keep that universe alive in that way rather than just like run it into the ground by overextending which is kind of my fear at this point i mean doesn't help that 2020 we got no marvel content and then in 2021 we've had nothing but marvel content you know what i mean like we haven't had a, like what anything from dc except for that horrible wonder woman movie and uh snyder cut then snyder cut yeah that was yeah everyone liked that um yeah all right let's move on i mean overall i feel like i didn't talk about enough of the stuff that i did like but um i did talk about that one action scene that i thought was good so i guess i guess we can just go with that um recommendations you guys feeling some recommendations brian what have you been up to uh, mainly just reading um i don't i don't really have a whole lot for you this week i'm still just cranking through brandon sanderson what book are you reading now because you finished the one words of radiance book two so that's the one that, did jeff just get that one for you for your birthday or correct yes oh good job jeff jeff what have you been up to uh i am reading a lot of nonfiction books for work so if anyone cares about uh sales books pick up founding sales or uh the challenger sale are the two books that i'm currently reading i'm also reading a nonfiction book i'm reading the finale the uh a superhero book uh novel series that tyler got me into like a decade ago did you just call this nonfiction? no this one's i said i read nonfiction. i'm also reading a fiction story a superhero um franchise by an author named michael carroll it's uh the book that i'm on is the the final book i think it's the ninth book in the franchise um and uh it is called the chasm and it is good so far i'm like halfway through i'm like three quarters of the way through it so i'll probably finish it uh before next week's podcast and talk a little bit about it but other than that i'm on towards the end of season four of malcolm in the middle out of like seven seasons once i finish that i'm gonna watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine and then go back to some anime. I've got some animes that I want to catch up on. So, All right. Cool. Um, I actually had a pretty big week this week. I watched uh, the uh, the newest season of Big Mouth. I think it's season five. Uh, still like that show, although it has not ever reached the highs that it hit on season one. When season one came out, I watched it like three times in a row. Like I didn't watch anything else for like a month. I just kept replaying it. I thought it was so funny. Season two was good. Season three, less good. Season four, less good. Season five, I'd say, is probably as good as the last two. Um, not really that great, but fine. Uh, finished the most recent season of What We Do in the Shadows. Is that season three, Jeff? Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're okay with spoiling it. Brian, are you going to watch that show? Probably. No. Maybe ever. No? All right. Um, the twist there, Colin Robinson dies and then comes back as a really fucking weird looking baby. <laughs> um was very funny um yeah still like that show still running with it really great um matt berry is still just one of the funniest men on the planet i think he uh (laughs) he has a line where someone says how about you come over here and he says how about you fuck off and it made me laugh out loud like it was just uh his delivery is so funny um I started Brooklyn Nine-Nine, most recent season, uh, last night. Um, it is good. Um, it's the final season, so I, th- I think I only watched like one episode, maybe one and a half, uh, and fell asleep, so not a lot to report there. Then I watched a movie yesterday called The Harder They Fall, new movie on Netflix. Have you guys heard about this? This is uh, The Black Cowboys. Yeah. Yes. 
directed by James Samuel. Do you guys know who James Samuel is? No. I found out today that he is Seal's brother. Hmm. Kiss from a Rose's own. Um, this is a movie starring Zazie Beetz, Jonathan Majors, who is our Kang the Conqueror, and also uh, Atticus from Lovecraft Country, who uh, is probably one of my favorite actors to watch right now. Um, Eddie Gathegi, R.J. Kyler. Uh, I just, I, I'm, I'm missing out. Uh, Idris Elba is in there. Um, Regina King is in there. Lakeith Stanfield was in there. Um, just a lot of really great black up-and-coming actors that I've been uh, keeping my eye on um, for the last few years because I just I think they're all really talented and uh, they were all in this 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 Western um, directed by a black man um, that was really interesting I mean it's it's revisionist history clearly inspired by Tarantino but I think that they did it better than Tarantino does because uh, as you all know I don't really like him but uh, Tarantino that is um, I thought this was a pretty good movie. I wouldn't say that it was like it's good. It's not going to get bring the Western back or anything like that, but it was, it was fun. And if you guys are interested in watching like a fun uh, sort of Western shoot 'em up action movie, like this one is, this one is a good one to, to check out. Um, and that's it. That's what I'll wrap it up with. So um, get before, in touch with us before, before we move on, I do have a shout out. Oh, that yeah. I have to make. Um, so, just to get serious for a moment, I have a, a coworker who runs a nonprofit um, in memory of a loved one of his that died. Um, essentially, the nonprofit is called uh, let's see, the, the Mithil Prasad Foundation, M-I-T-H-I-L Prasad, P-R-A-S-A-D Foundation. Uh, it is uh, for a rare type of cancer called DIPG, and they're hosting their fourth annual gala at the Holiday Inn in San Jose, Silicon Valley. Um, I'll be getting with Tyler here uh, at some point this week to post um, some kind of way that we can, uh, I don't know, there's a link involved with, it's a, it's a dinner, so um, there's a link involved, I'll be there, so if you guys are uh, interested in meeting me face-to-face or supporting a, a fantastic <laughs> cause, um, or, or discussing, if you want to come tell us how, how wrong Tyler is, I'll, I'll agree with you. Um, yeah, but so we'll 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 be posting ways to uh, support that foundation uh, with our, sorry, our through it, our socials. It, you had said it, it was for what? It was is for a, yeah, t- a rare type it's, of. It's a rare type what? of. It's a rare type of the the, the, the it's, it's um, uh, the acronym is DIPG. It's uh, diffuse intrinsic pontine geloma, which is a brainstem uh, cancer, uh, very common in children, or at least the the. Um, the foundation is targeting towards the, the children who suffer from this disease, which uh, it's rare. There, there's only you know several hundred kids, but um, it does affect them when they're rather young. And uh, yeah, the, the donations right now, the, the dinner is $125 a plate or something like that. So it's uh, goes to a great cause. And uh, yeah, and I'll be there. Yeah, that sounds really great. That's really uh, that's really cool that you that he's doing that and that you're you know supporting him. And yeah, I think that everybody should uh, look into that, and we will definitely be posting something uh, this week. Uh, Jeff, you and I can talk about that later. Yeah. Um, so yeah, check that out. And also, if you want, just go show up, talk crap to Jeff because uh, he, you know, whatever. For one hundred and twenty-five dollars, you can yell at me. Yeah, he'll let you slap him in the face and tattoo his butt. Uh, he said that to me off pod, and 
he was just afraid to say it on pod so i, I did it for him um that being said we're gonna wrap it up let brian uh get off the off of this video call so he can get right back onto a family video call in 10 minutes with the rest of us <laughs> so um if you uh if you disagree with me and think that this is the best marvel movie ever i really want to hear it i will argue with you but it will be uh, no I'll, I'll try to keep it as nice as possible um we are at clever kids podcast at gmail.com and uh at clever kids pod on instagram let us know what you thought i really do want to hear what uh what you have what you guys think um and yeah otherwise thanks so much for listening and uh we will see you next week thanks everybody bye guys